0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball. America's game. Of the most dramatic moments in the history of sports. It's about connection. Let's- With Apple TV Plus, Friday Night Baseball comes home.
1: Is this happening? It is!
2: Friday Night Baseball, streaming on Apple TV Plus. On this week's episode of Unwritten.
3: Oh, and he's plunked, and Hasselman's charging them out. What in the world is that all about? Oh, an ugly brawl. Some shoving, and a fight breaks out between Belcher and Park, and Park kicks Belcher. Sheffield blaring out at Carmona. And now he wants a piece of Here we go. It
1: is on. My track record speak for itself. So what I did, I got on my tennis shoes. I went to the club afterwards looking for them where they was hanging out.
3: So sometimes on the field, tempers boil over, benches clear, and grudges get settled. With an old-fashioned brawl. It could be a batter who's been plunked too many times, charging the mound, or a runner going in studs up at second base, but whatever incites a fight, there are actually still rules even in the chaos of a melee, and we're talking about them this week. My name is Ron Darling, and with me is Jimmy Rollins, and this is Unwritten. Each week, we'll break down one of baseball's unwritten rules. We'll define the rule as we understand it today, explore its origin and context in baseball history, and then decide if it still has a place in MLB's future. Today's episode is all about brawls. Gary Sheffield is going to join us in a bit, and he has a story about a brawl that spilled over from the field all the way to a club and a bar years later. (laughs) Jimmy, you guys also have a great story about being in the middle of a brawl together. Mm -hmm. But let's start here, Jimmy. What was the most memorable fight you were ever involved in on the baseball field? Oof.
2: Probably us, the Phillies, uh, and the San Francisco Giants. I mean, that was good when we had— you know, catchers in at the bottom, people getting in, shots. I was accused of pushing somebody off the mound. I have no remember. And and it's funny that you could be in the middle, and as you're just trying to pull people off, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, that not that you don't know what you're doing. You don't always know who you're grabbing. It's just a uniform, and it's pulling. You don't realize always where you are on the field. So... That was probably it. I just know uh, Schneider and and Whiteside, man, they were going at it at the bottom, and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) And from the left comes Polanco, and Eli
3: puts a tackle on him, and then the scrum starts. The brawls, uh, I mean, there are too many with the 80s teams, because uh, when you're a good club and so demonstrative, like those teams were in those days, um, people just always wanted to take a shot. Mm -hmm. And we just... We uh, weren't going to take it. It was very funny. Like a lot of teams will take it once or they'll take it twice and then maybe they'll go out there. But uh, we got to a point where if you hit straw, we're going. If you hit uh, uh, anybody, it, we were just going. It, it was just, it, it became almost kind of fun for us in a mm-hmm. really sick way, if you understand. <laughs> the best one that I ever got involved in because it was the most original. So uh, Rick Roden is pitching for the Pirates and our. Um, first base coach was Bill Robinson, our hitting instructor, never wanted to be called hitting coach. He said, I'm not a coach, I'm an instructor. Mm. So he called him the hitting instructor. He he was the most elegant man I've ever been around. He's just that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And Rick Roden used to occasionally, um, I'm going to say this, and I don't even know if it's a fact, but he was always accused of cutting the ball a little bit, making it move. And Bill Robinson has been been his teammate. Mm -hmm. So he maybe knew some inside information. So Bill accused him, as Rick had gotten a third out and was walking to the dugout in Pittsburgh, he had accused him to, or told him, stop cheating. Rick Roden took exception to that, and that started the brawl. But what made it unique, not uh, the viciousness, viciousness of it was amazing. Everyone was in, middle of a pile, punches were being thrown, guys were dragged in and out, all that stuff. But what I always found amazing is that in the center of this melee, everyone stopped because we all saw that Kevin Mitchell, he had like the San Diego police chokehold on Sammy Khalifa, their shortstop. And Sammy was turning blue. And the entire brawl start because someone said, Kevin, stop it, put him down. And everyone got away, and it was just Kevin and Sammy Khalifa. And Kevin looked up and kind of took the chokehold off him. Khalifa kind of like slumped to the ground and then, you know, kind of revived himself, got up and went to the bench. But that's the only one I've ever been involved in that we had to stop because someone might have died on the field. I mean, that is, that, it, it, It's funny because a, as you
2: say that, I'm just imagining, yes, there is a point where it's like, okay, this is too far. This is too much. Like yeah. we, we don't yeah. mind getting into a fight. We don't mind taking a punch or delivering a punch. But look, Hey, guys, uh, this is baseball. This guy might seriously lose his life. That that that, that would probably be be an end-all to many fights. And fortunately, that doesn't uh, happen too often. And, you know, n- not not a generation thing, but Ron, you guys were gangsters. Oh, I mean, oh you man. guys were pure gangsters. It, it just <laughs> seems like just looking at all the videos from the 80s and 90s, it's like when a fight happened,
0: it was a fight. It was a fight. <laughs> was. Today
2: you get a lot more pushing and shoving, and you know, and uh, maybe we should be thanking you guys for showing us, you know, how not to do it and handle it to,
3: like civilized gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. don't, don't do it like those guys. Hey, um, you know what I always wondered? Um, before the brawl comes to hard feelings because someone's been hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're a hit. You're a hitter. You're in the box. You know when someone's trying to hit you. You know when someone's been thrown at you. Um a lot of, a lot of folks think out there, boy, you know, he got hit, it was an accident, how come he went out and got him? They don't know that this might have been happening over two or three years. Every time this guy got oh two on you, he buzzed your tower. Um they don't know the whole history of it. Yeah, there's usually always a
2: backstory and sometimes it is even it isn't even with, you know, the team that the guy's on. It's that guy personally. Maybe they have something. Um and, and it and it travels, but I have been hit on purpose, and when it happened, I always knew. It always seemed like my side, our side, started it first, and I'm the one that was going (laughs) to wear it. It's like, man. But in instances where a player is hit and you're not the side to instigate it, as that player, you're looking, okay, who do we have on the mound that day? Who Mm. do we have in the bullpen? Who's the hardest thrower? And I hope they get into the game And I hope they look at me because I'm going to give them that look like, hey, we need to handle some business. So um, it's always organic. And most of the time, 99% of the time, it's a backstory that has led up to that. Maybe a series or two ago, a couple of guys got hit. Some chirpiness happened and it never got handled because the game was just out of hand or didn't allow for it to happen. But it's never a spur of the moment. I can't say never. It's rarely, you know what, I just don't like you today because I don't like you. I don't know anything about you. I'm going to hit you. Um, and it's usually something, you know, a history of two teams, Uh, but it's never just, it's rarely, shall I say, something that just
3: happens at the spur of the moment. Do you think a brawl can bring a team together? Do you remember an instance where after a connection like that on the field as a team, after the game you're looking at each other like, uh, I, I think about you a little differently than I did before this game?
2: It always does, and I don't think there in the history of any sport uh, especially baseball, where sometimes you're kind of looking forward to it. Like, man, we are playing bad. We can't get out of our own way. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, I like you guys, but, man, I don't know. Like It's like, you know, it's a heart check. I, I need to see where you are. And, I mean, you've had pitchers. I've heard pitchers like, look, I'm going to hit somebody today, so, you know, be ready. And, you know, and that's that 1% of the time that I'm talking about. You no, know, 99% of the time, it's usually, you know, something that's happened, but – that 1% of the time where you just can't get can't get out of your own way, you just mm-hmm. need a fight, like something to get us going, like we're, we're dragging. We, we, we're we trying and we're frustrated and nothing seems to work. But you know what always does? A fight. Now yeah. you're looking at you like, hey, I got your back. You got my back. I know that now. Now we can go play baseball again. Now we can go out there with something, like, like we're pulling in the same direction again because you never get into a fight and you swing it on your own teammates when the other team's on the field. You don't do that. You go pull them off and, hey, you get off my guy. And now it's us versus you. That's that fire. That's that ignition. Uh, That's that something that you needed to ignite the fire for you guys. And a good brawl does that.
3: You probably uh, were old enough to remember this fight, but in 85, the Mets fought in Cincinnati. And Eric Davis came sliding in hard to third. I think he went from first to third on a base hit. And he came in, and he could fly. I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you could fly, Jimmy. Eric Davis could fly. Um, I mean, and he was a beautiful runner because he was like 6'4", 175 pounds. He looked like a track and field guy, you know? Yep. So he gets into third base, and, and our third baseman, Ray Knight, not only applied a hard tag, but pushed him a little. And that's when Eric kind of pushed Ray. And Ray had been a, a boxer mm-hmm. when he was a kid. So he threw a punch and connected, and, and the brawl went out of control. Mitchell with Eddie Milner, Hernandez and Carter with someone else. Pete Rose was in the middle of it because he was the manager mm-hmm. uh, for the Cincinnati Reds. But the thing that will always be remembered about that game and something that didn't help the team get along was that George Foster, um, one of the highest paid free agents, uh, a teammate, guy I loved, uh, i tell you the truth, loved him, um, didn't get off the bench, Uh. and he stayed on the bench. Boy, they're still going at it. I think that unwritten rule will always be the same, whether you like it or not, and George was a a great guy, sweet guy, didn't believe in brawls, uh, but him not coming out ended with, Later in the year, like soon after that, he got released, DFA'd, designated for assignment. We ended up signing Lima Zilli, who helped the team down the stretch. Um, but there's fallout when you don't join your team on the field.
1: While I'm talking to you, The Workout app on Apple Watch is tracking my running workout. A sensor is checking how fast my heart is beating. Algorithms are counting how
0: many calories I'm burning. And a GPS is pinging a satellite in space
1: to see how far I've gone. And all I have to do is run. Apple Watch, the future of health is on your wrist.
0: iPhone 6s or later required.
2: So we were trying to come up with a title for this podcast. Let's have a shorter name that's catchier, that kind of speaks to you. And my wife, Gretchen, says, what about Hey, Maine? Hey, Maine. Hey, Maine. So
3: I gave in, just like I gave in when she wanted a cat. But I get to keep my subtitle, the Kenny Maine Talks to Famous People podcast. So it's Hey, Maine, the Kenny Maine Talks to Famous People podcast. Get that wherever you get your podcasts. I think that's the tagline.
2: We're here today on Unwritten with my main man, Uncle Chef, a guy that I look forward to seeing every time we've played, every time we've met, whether it was on a baseball field or him taking my money on a golf course, uh, but we'll talk about that a different time. Chef, thanks for having us today, and uh, today's topic is um, brawls, baseball fights, they have to happen, you know, uh, so I- I'm going to let you take this. And tell me your perspective on things. Obviously, sometimes they're going to happen. Sometimes they happen, you know, just by the way of the game, somebody getting hit and somebody being upset. But what is your take on brawls? Necessary? When should they happen? And and I guess on the other side, when should they be avoided?
1: OK, I, I think in general, um, when you're talking about the unwritten rules, Major League Baseball, how the game is played, um, there's times where. You know, a lot of kids that that come in new, don't know the rules. You know, somebody hit a home run, somebody get hit, and they think, oh, a curveball hit me. This guy's trying to hit me. There's times where you know the guy's trying to hit you, and there's times where you don't. And That's just just part of playing the game a long long enough time to understand that. But there's times where, um, you know, there's history between guys where you know something is going to happen. Uh, that's the time where, you know, that's between you and him. Then there's other times where there's team brawls, where it's camaraderie for team. team. Um, certain things happen in a game um, the, the average fan wouldn't understand, but we understand as players. Mm-hmm. And so when these things happen, if a guy hit my best player and, you know, a player like yourself, you was a leader with the Phillies, I was a leader wherever I've been. I expect my pitcher to hit that guy, because that that brings the team together and that gets that guy on the mound a lot of cred with his team. But there's times where you don't go in like a young pup like you. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, you come in there with uh, you know, with, we, gonna uh, with to the, uh, we gonna get to that yeah, story. We are gonna get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> you, when you're young and you're the face of the team, you don't want to get involved with that stuff. Let the let the big boys handle that. You just stay back. I know you're from Oakland and all that, <laughs> but th- this is a whole different ball game. So, uh, you know, there's times where, you know, you have to let guys handle their own personal brawls. Then there's team camaraderie brawls. And then there's brawls you have to avoid altogether.
2: And that's so true because the team camaraderie brawls, I think those are the most necessary. Um, usually happens when a team is struggling. And you can't get out your own way. And there have been times, and I know you've been in clubhouses also, where it's like, we just need to get into a fight. And it's not that we're yes. going to pick one. You're just looking for any reason to start something. And when that reason comes, just like, here we go, guys. And that yeah. brings the whole team together. And it's, it's something unless you're, you know, you've played on a team, in a team sport, you wouldn't understand. It's like, how does a fight bring everybody together? It's because for the first time, maybe in weeks, everybody has one common goal and that's getting somebody on the other team. We get into a fight, it's us versus them, and that brings you together. There's the times when that happens, and you go on 10, 12-game win streaks after that fight. You could look at that as a moment that brought everybody together, but then there are times where it happens in game. We'll talk about, uh, you know, in, um, what was that, 4 so, uh, 3 4 yeah. somewhere around there, and when we're 03. playing Atlanta, 3 we're playing yeah. Atlanta, and I, I don't remember exactly how it happened. I was, what, my third year in, and we get into a brawl. And so bench is clear, and, and I'm a little dude. I'm trying to work my way to the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work my way to the middle, and from behind, all I feel is about an 80-pound weight on my chest just hit me. <laughs> Boom. And I stopped. It was just like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. nah. well, whoever this is, I'm done. Yeah. Like, it's a wrap. It's, yeah. a, it's like I'm getting body slammed. is a wrap. And in my ear, he was like, what you doing? <laughs> and i looked up and I was like oh my goodness I'm so glad it's you chef because I knew I was in good hands then you know the you know chef goes back to meet me before I even made to the big leagues my first yeah. game um um seeing at a veteran stadium at the time yeah. was uh 97 when you guys won the World Series playing the Phillies and I was around the batting cage winning a Paul Owens award and you came over and said something to me and the funny part is it was happening so fast. I don't remember that. You reminded me of it. Then I was like, I, yeah. then it started coming back to me. And You just told me, you know, basically don't take too long. And thank God I didn't. But back to the fight, yeah. you told me straight up, straight up, asked me actually, I guess, do you have your money? I was like, nope. Yeah. So you don't have a contract? I was like, nope. He's like, well, stay out of there. Let them big boys handle it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. You pushed me to the back and you proceeded to the middle. And ever since then, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Those yeah. are words from the wise. Like, why yeah. was I going in there? And it, and it wasn't like a team camaraderie thing. It was if somebody got hit, you know, tempers flare, and that happens. Why am I going in there taking that chance? You know, I'm trying, you know, you try to earn stripes. But if something happens to me today that is career ending, I'm walking away with. You know, the minimum amount of money that I could have made in my career. So I always thank you yeah. for that. But that was a good one. I just, I remember to this day, it was just like an 80 pound weight just jumped <laughs> on my chest. Boom. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's over. Well, Ooh. I didn't know, I didn't
1: know, I didn't know what your temperature was. So I had to put the, the claw grip on you. <laughs> so to make sure, because I know you was from Oakland. So,
2: <laughs> oh, that's hey, whatever the but, tip was, it dropped. To that, and that moment, that tent went yeah. all the way down for sure. Yeah.
1: So, so what I was, what I was basically telling you, you're not really going in there to fight you're going in there to break it up and you're going in there to grab your teammates because you don't want to grab the other teammate because he's going to turn around and think you're fighting him Mm -hmm. so you grab your teammates and so what I was trying to do is stop you from going in there grabbing people because you get a lot of guys that 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 you know you don't know how guys feel about you from the other side right and so they probably want a piece of you just because you wore you know Michael Jordan shoes they mm-hmm. might want a piece of you because you you're a, a Ricky Henderson type player. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's a lot of reasons. So, you don't want guys going in there taking cheap shots on you and and so I just stop you in from going in there and and having that melee happen to you. And so I I've been in those kind of situations and I learned from them. Uh Dave Parker's, Don Baylor's, those guys taught me. And so our job is to pass it down to you guys.
2: Well, I appreciate that because that saved me. But um, in your time playing, is, is there ever, I, I, I mean, is, is there a favorite fight moment that you had that you were involved with? Um, you know, I, I can go back. One, one of the ones that I really enjoyed that you were in involved in was uh, <laughs> the Yankees in Boston when they yeah. hit A-Rod. And,
3: Veritek and A-Rod going at it.
2: You know, you, you can check the tape. You can check the tape. Yeah. Chef is right in the middle. You see number 11 <laughs> diving on top of the pile, pulling people apart. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's, there's been years and years and years of animosity between the Yankees and Boston. And, you know, in and, and, and that moment, what what goes on, um, you know, that, that leads to that between those two organizations? It's different when, you know, you have individuals fight, but this is like one city – Fighting another city, not just the uniform yeah. and the guys in it. It's it's just like hatred, you know, from bottom up. So, <laughs> if 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 you can run us through the nature of that, you know, your perspective of it. Um, obviously, like I said, check the tape. Chef is right in the middle yeah. of it. Um, yeah. what happened? What happened there?
1: Well, a lot of that. It's not the players hate the players really. You just get caught up in the the, the rivalry. Um, you know, Big Poppy, you know. I have no ill will with him, and you know you don't have ill will with Manning. You don't have ill will with those guys. Some of those guys been, have been your teammates, but the the problem is, is that all that venom that the fans shoot out at you over the course of a series, and then when things happen and transpire on a baseball field when you're competitive, all of it comes out all together. It's the fans that have been riding you and talking crazy. And then when the players j- chime in on it and start thinking, you know, I'm a true Boston uh, Red Sox and, oh, I'm a true Yankee. And so now the, the, the testosterone kicks in and next thing you know, you're, 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 you're at odds with people that you just went out to dinner with in the offseason. So so it's, it's one of those things. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's more so the fans get you revved up to go do uh, battle. And, and and so, you know, a lot of times, you know, Boston always had the – they had the leg up on us in pitching. You know, they had Curt Schilling. They had Pedro Martinez, And, you know, those guys, you know, especially Pedro, he was more of a headhunter. And uh, <laughs> Schilling, he's like, he likes to pitch inside. Right. And our ace was uh, Mike Mussina. And so that's – you know, and so it's a difference. And so, you know, when A-Rod – um, signed that he, he did a a trade mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get give money back and uh, the union uh, rejected it he was supposed to go to Boston right and so now he's a Yankee so imagine the venom that's coming from the fans towards him and so he he took on all of that pressure and all of that what comes with the series and he felt like he had to lash out because they they, they was throwing him in a lot and then this time they finally hit him and mm-hmm. And I don't know what was said with him and Veritech, but I knew I had to get there fast. And and I, I because I know A Rod is not a fighter, mm-hmm. um, he's not a fighter. But nobody's ever seen him fight, so he's a big guy. He is. but uh, you know. <laughs> and, and, and so when I saw Veritech couldn't get him in the, get him out get him in the air, I said he gonna have problems with A Rod right now. <laughs> and, so, and so I tried to get there to save him because we're gonna need him. You know going forward so i didn't want him to get hurt and so i knew a lot of people and i know this for a fact a lot of people are jealous of a rod they're jealous of jeter they're jealous of a superstar player mm-hmm. and i didn't want those guys to get hurt through jealousy so i went in there because i've always been the protector of whatever team i've been on because this is what i do i mean i'm a guy that i get along with everybody mm-hmm. but don't don't cross me in any kind of way and or you know you go out to deal with me and so i went in there just to come trying to be an enforcer to take the the onuses off of a rod and and all of those guys and but when you got 25 guys on each team that's you know that's that's a lot of people in battle and so you're just trying to go in and pull people out of there safely as possible but once you go in now when somebody sees you going in from the opposite team, mm-hmm. now they're coming for you, and then that's where it escalates and it never stops. So you just try to put yourself in the best position where you can see the whole whole uh, fight instead of you know having your back to it is not good. You being able to face it is the best way to go about it.
2: And, and that's very important because, as we know, um, and we, we, we've seen it happen and it happens in, in, in every fight, uh, cheap shots.
1: Somebody yes, trying that's to come way, in,
2: hit you from the back, and you know, yep. just to say they got a lick on you. Um yeah. I, I think that's dirty. I mean, if, if you're gonna fight, you know, the number one is what you said, you're going in to protect. You wanna pull guys off and make sure nobody really gets hurt. We understand it's a fight. You're right. These dudes you're got right. a couple punches in, okay, it's trying to break it up.
1: It's, it break it up,
2: yes. Then you got dudes trying to come around, get the cheap shots. Like, man, there's there's no glory to that. I mean, just <laughs> no. Just it's real, there's no glory. No. Look, you gonna pull somebody up? You all gonna square off? Cool. That's gonna last right. another five five to ten seconds of one on one, and everybody right. jumps back in. Um, well, that's
1: why you see like different fights break out in different right. areas right. because somebody done cheap shot at somebody. Now, when you kind of get this under control, now you're running over here to get that under control. But the guy that was in the previous fight. Now he didn't get the lick in. The other guy got the lick in. So now he's going (laughs) to run back and try to find him. And so it just goes on. That's why they call it a melee, you know. So
0: (laughs) it's just one of
1: those things where it's hard to get under control. And the coaches do the best they can. But they're wearing the uniform. So they become one of the the victims. So it's just one of those things where, you know, everything has to come together. and, And once you see one team on one side and one team on the other side, that's when it all comes down.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: And, and speaking of those individual, you know, break off fights, this is something I, I was young. I was a kid, so I don't really remember it. But, you know, I always love the history of baseball. You, on the other hand, you, you, you probably remember this fight. Mm-hmm. 1984 Padres and the Braves. Yep. And that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. I mean, there's been some good ones, but that when you're talking about fans getting involved, which should never happen. So, yeah. fans yeah. are listening. Look, let the guys on the field handle their business. You can cheer. I mean, do whatever you want, talk all the trash you want. Just don't cross that line because what I don't right. think fans really understand is when they cross that line, if they enter the field, now it's both jerseys versus them. You no, know, it's like yeah, family food. It's like you're we fair can fight. Game. We can we can yeah, go at it, game. but once you come yeah. on and attack one of us, it doesn't matter what side you're on. Now it's everybody against you, and and you don't want you don't want those problems. Trust me, some no. big guys in there. Yeah. We wear cleats. If you get stepped on, that's <laughs> part of the process, you know. But yeah. that one in '84, uh, that one was that was a good one. It started on one side of the field, ended up in a dugout. You got players in going after Pasquale, yeah. you know, who yeah, who, yeah, who was yeah. the pitcher who didn't get yeah. involved at all, who right. didn't get involved. So. How does that happen? How are you the guy that, you know, I can't say causes it, but you're the pitcher, you control the ball. How does a mm-hmm. fight happen and you're the furthest thing from it?
1: Well, this is, this is part of what I was talking about when you see the history of a pitcher being a headhunter, but then he wanted to throw, throw, throw the rock and hide his hand. And so he loses respect with his teammates, he, especially a guy like me he's going to lose all respect for me uh, uh, because, you know, if you don't get it, if you've got the, the, the balls to hit somebody, have the balls to stand in there and go to war with it, you know, what may happen because, you know, that's why I respect a guy like Darren Dreifer. Mm-hmm. You know, he told Galarraga he was going to hit him and Galarraga said before the game, if he hit me this time, I'm coming out there because Dreifer had a history of hitting him because Dreifer said every time I throw my two seamer out and away, it runs back into his bat and he hits it 460 feet. <laughs> so he said, I'm gonna pitch him inside. And if my, my two seam will run in, it's gonna hit him. So Pasquale, you know, he's a guy that has pinpoint control. Mm-hmm. So two different dynamics. You know, he has pinpoint control. He 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 benefits off of getting you out front, making you start late, and then he'll buzz you. Because that's what they used to do back in the day. And so this guy had a he was known for hitting people. And I guess this guy. You know, I think it was Oberfell, uh, uh, and they, and I think it was him that he hit or, or somebody before him, and he hit him with the ball, and then he runs towards his dugout <laughs> because he's basically <laughs> saying, I want you guys to handle this, not me. Well, you can't have it both ways. You can't be a headhunter and a runner at the same time. You know, so that's why I always respect Draper. You know, he went out there. And he drilled him the first at bat. Colorado came out there, Dreyfus Stewart right there, waited till he got up there. And all you thought was somebody was digging an eight-foot hole in the ground because when <laughs> it hit, that's about how deep they went. And, you know, two big guys, man. And so when I went in that that melee, we talk talking about some pretty big guys. Big and so, guys. You know, the thing is that when that happens, you always got to be on, on the right side of it because if, if you get sucker punched. It's a problem, but that melee went on and on and on and on because they wasn't going to quit mm-hmm. until they got Pascal.
2: Period, period. And, that's, yeah. and that's, that's, that's one thing I've learned. I've been in the middle before. It's yeah. not a place for small guys, period. Mm-mm. You get in there. and Nobody, you know, period. Hey, for nobody, period. But, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you squaring off in there. And, I'm, I mean, I remember we got into one with Arizona. Yeah, Matt Williams, uh, Reggie Sanders, Scott Rowland, a uh, raw person, uh big uh, uh, B-hunt, um, and I'm, you know, so, I mean, it happened right there at at, at the mound, so after right. third base and first base, shortstop and second, you know, we're the closest to it, so I'm just getting there, just kind of, you know, trying to put the arms back, I ain't holding nobody, and I looked right. up, and everybody turned into a giant. Yeah. Real yeah. quick. Real quick. The dude, quick. That, you thought, the dude <laughs> that you thought was big
1: yeah. turned to
2: Incredible hawk real fast, and I was like, you yeah. know what? Yeah. And it was and it was it may have been the same year that you pulled me out I was like, you know what I don't think this is the right right place for me no because what was I going to do? I'm not going to pick anybody yeah. up. They looking at me like no. ant man so little guys little, little guys in fights I'm telling you <laughs> stay stay in the second row, get your popcorn, you know what I'm saying, grab a drink yeah. and just make sure nobody gets hurt but well, yes, here's the
1: thing though this is this is the difference though see this is where you got to be careful with that as well. The thing is, is that you grab guys from outside the power. You don't go in the power to Mm -hmm. grab guys. You grab guys on the outside. That's how I got to you because you was going into. I got you on the outside so you don't go into that. If you ever watch Derek Jeter, Derek Jeter never goes into a crowd. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, but like I told them, you know, if a Derek Jeter went in there because I done seen guys having conversation when brawls was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they, then you lose respect for them because if they don't go in and try to pull guys out to stop this fight, then you just figuring, you know, I'm bigger than this situation. So I get to sit on the outside and let them fight. Good point. So there's a difference. There's a fine line, you know, a thin line between that because, you know, you got to go in there to get your guys out of there because they're going to battle, not for them just themselves, but for other teammates as well as you.
2: All right, Chef. Um, you know, we, we got, we have to address it, you know, <laughs> with you being enforced, you being a protector, you being the man, there was an incident that happened in Cleveland in 2008, uh, Fausto Carmona, and you got into it.
3: Ouch. Sheffield glaring out at Carmona, and Carmona's giving it right back to him.
2: And it wasn't the normal, you know, get hit and charge the mound, uh, you know, you get hit, you, don't, you, 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 norm, you, you know, you're the type of person that you don't really say much. You say one or two things nope. and guilt about your business. Look, we, we did it, and hey, I'll see you next time around. But this took a little twist, and I'm going to let yeah. you take it from there.
1: Well, uh, Cleveland, you know, we have I have a lot of history there. Me, Jim Leland, you know, a lot of guys that was on that World Series team. Uh, when we beat Cleveland. So anytime we go into Cleveland, you know, people remind us that we beat them in the World Series. And so you have all of these things and venom going on with fans. But at this particular time, you know, when I used to face him, you know, uh, Kimona, uh, uh, he done changed his name two or three times, so <laughs> I don't know what to call him anymore. But this guy, you know, I, he threw me a pitch inside, and I wound up hitting him out of the stadium to over the dugout over the third base dugout, it wound up going out of the stadium. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to be on time. And he didn't like it too much. So the next pitch, he hit me. So I was like, okay, you know, I, I see what this is. And then I go to first base. And then, you know, over time, every time I face him, he try to come inside, I'll take him deep. And next time I come up, he hit me. So I let it go a couple of times because, you know, my skipper, Jim Leland, knows me. Mm-hmm. And he knows me very well. And he always talked to me before every game. That's <laughs> one thing about me and Skip. Skip always tell me, do you have a problem with anybody on the other team? I say, no, nah, I'm good, Skip. Don't get kicked out the game. Okay, no problem, that's Skip. Funny. And then we go play the game. Right. And so, you know, that's the relationship we had. And so this particular game, we're in Detroit. I hit a home run, big home run. He hits me. And after the game, I told the media, if he ever hits me again, I'm going to break his arm. Period. Period. Point blank, period. I said, I'm not going to elaborate. I promise you, the next time he hit me, I'm going to go break his arm. And so he hears what what I said. And uh, we go back to Cleveland. So Jim Lee calls me in the office. And he said, Gary, whatever happened, don't get kicked out of this game. And I said, all right, Skip, I got you. First at bat, he hits me. So I'm walking to first base. I walked the whole way. Mm -hmm. I took the slowest Sanford and Sons walk (laughs) you could take. And and so I'm furious, but I'm doing this for my skipper. I'm not getting kicked out. I'm 38 years old. I'm not still in a base. So I get to first base. He throws over to pick me off. Mm. And that's what made me snap. And I said throw the ball to home plate. You had your chance to get me out. And and when and I like I did with Pedro, I'm going to stare at you and if you say something I'm coming. And that's what I did. I stared at him all the way to first base. He didn't say anything. But then when he picked he tried to pick me off, I said what I said. I was waiting on a the response, then I'm coming. He responded, here I go. And now he wants the piece. Of-
3: It's
1: a melee. I go and I run and get right in his chest. I didn't throw a punch. I just grabbed him right th- in his chest because I want to get my hands on you. Mm-hmm. And see, all I needed was about two more seconds <laughs> on how to accomplish what I want to accomplish.
2: What were you looking because to accomplish? T-
1: well, I, once I got my arms around him, he wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I got him and I locked him in his chest. So his hands was free. So he's throwing punches like he throwing punches in the back of my head, which that's where I want you because now I got a grip of you. Now I'm going to elevate you up in the air and I'm to land you right on your shoulder. <laughs> and and so as soon as I went to elevate him, I'm wondering why he ain't going in the air. I said I know <laughs> I can lift two forty, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when I looked back at the tape, it was three or four people on top of me, like it was four. You know, like the infielders converged on me. And they had me, and they was keeping him from leaving the ground. And you didn't even Every feel it. Every time I tried to get I didn't feel it. And so what I did was I said, so since I didn't get him in the air, I locked his right arm. So he was punching with his right arm, mm-hmm. so I locked his arm. Now he can't do anything. And so now I got all these people shoving and pushing. Now I'm not going to lose grip. And so by the time my team came there, they kind of got us apart. But then when they separated us, I had a split second and I drilled him right in his eye and I drilled him right in his eye. And then that's when the melee started. And then that's when, uh, the, uh, uh the, the, catcher, uh, I think his name Martinez.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Victor.
1: Yeah. Victor Martinez. Yep. And, and it's so funny. It's so funny because he was doing all the chirping behind the, behind the crowd. And that's what infuriated me. And I wouldn't stop then. Now I want him. Now I want him. And so I did everything I could to get to him too. Now Victor was, Martinez is trying to get into the fray, but he's trying, he's being held back. And he's he's trying to go after somebody. And this thing's still escalating. Because I had, a, I did something to Kimona's face. He had a <laughs> something, black eyes something. And uh, and all of a sudden, I want him now. And so to go to show you that it didn't end with me, because it never does. You know, once that fight was over, skip came to me and after the game and skip said you did right you did the right thing i i you know you're good with me but then after the game martinez was popping off about who is gary what has he done and all on and on and on and on and on, and on, and on. so my track record speak for itself so what i did i got on my tennis shoes i went to the club afterwards looking for them where they was hanging out mm-hmm. i saw his teammates in the vip i walked in the vip by myself looking for them. so now i'm gonna take it to the streets and so i didn't find him but it's funny because i was over at Corona in orlando and martinez walking up and i see he got like four friends with him and i got a buddy of mine and i said there you go right there because i tell him it never ends with me i don't care where i see you and so i'm sitting there smoking my cigar and he walks right up to me. Now I'm sizing him up, right? And I'm finna, I'm, I'm finna check out the scene, and then we finna make it happen. So, and I don't care. I'm 53 years old, and I should be past fighting, but I don't let stuff go. So, <laughs> I time
2: out. Time, up, time out, dog. Time out, dog. <laughs> he's 53, y'all, and he said yeah. he's still not letting this thing go. Okay, no. press play.
1: Yeah. So, 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 he came up to me with respect. And say, man, I always I looked up to you. I appreciate you, man. And you know, what happened, what happened, man. Let's shake it off, this and that. When he did that, we exchanged numbers and I let it go. Because see, don't get on television with your chest all poked out, talking about, you know, who is this guy? Who is Gary? What has he done and all this and that for the people? And then behind closed doors when nobody ain't at Corona, now all of a sudden it's different. So that was that's the that's the message why I send to people while the cameras are rolling. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna see what you made of while these cameras rolling. Because see, you won't do all this talking. I'm gonna see what you made of while these cameras rolling. We ain't, you ain't gonna see me later and try to make up with me when the people think oh he got the best of Gary. Oh he showed Gary. No, no, show me when these cameras rolling. And so by him doing that to me is over with now and it's squash.
2: So there are times where it doesn't just stay between the lines, where it's personal. Right. And it took, yeah. I don't know, yeah. what's that, almost 20 years later? Yeah. That if, that, yeah. that you finally put that to rest. He came over, well, he apologized or whatever he said. It ain't said. 20
1: years. It's, well, it's probably 13 40.
2: Well, I mean, well, you've been around this earth. It's about 20 now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, 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 that yeah. goes to show there, there are some times that – Yes, things happen on the field, and you keep it between the lines. But there, I mean, we've you you brought up a great point. There have been plenty of times guys have it's, it's still inside the stadium. Come see me in the hall. Come see me in the hallway. You're talking all this and that on camera. At, hey, come Jose see me in the Mesa. hallway.
1: Look at Jose Mesa and uh, what's the short? Omar Vizquel. Vizquel. have that's been part that's of that too. That's one of those yeah. things that. ain't – that that that's a never ending thing. Never. If, if Jose Mesa see that guy in person, on it's going to be the same thing. It's on site. So it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a lot goes into it that fans don't understand.
2: And it's funny that you brought yeah. up uh, Mesa and a scale because it goes back to the World Series, uh, you know, yeah. that you guys beat a man in 97. And when Mesa uh, was with the Phillies, uh, we were in Cleveland, maybe at about mm-hmm. 3 and Bo, it was the same type of situation. Bo knew he had a beef with uh, Omar, and Mesa. You mm-hmm. know, he he took a vow. Whenever I face him, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what the situation is, I'm drilling him. Right. And I remember before the game, I'm well not before <laughs> the game, but I remember when we brought him in, we bring him in, and it was um he wasn't. I, I think we had a good lead, but then it came to a point where he had to come in and get the save. He's facing right. Omar Viscale with the bases loaded, and I'm on the mound, and I remember like it was yesterday. Bo gives him the ball, and he looked at him. He's like, "Please, just get him out. Right. Do not hit this man." Right. Bases loaded. Mm-hmm. Bases loaded. What does he do?
1: Drills him in the back.
2: Drill him. Yeah. Drills him right in the back. <laughs> and Omar knew
1: what it was. Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. And
2: I'm sitting there like, "This dude is crazy." Yeah. Like he don't. This this is beyond baseball at this point. Yeah. So it goes to show sometimes you know it is beyond baseball. It, it, it's personal. Uh, for one reason or another, and and that right there, as you said, that that is something that it will never go away. You well, saying well, this and that on camera, we know that's on site. Period. Well,
1: you got to understand uh, relievers and closers' mentality. Think about mm-hmm. it for one second. Most, I would say, ninety nine point one of them <laughs> are crazy. Right, because they have to be straight up. Because the thing is, is that, think about it: we play with intensity, we play with a, a sense of urgency when we're out there. Mm-hmm. A reliever is sitting in the, in the bullpen, and the closer is sitting in the bullpen all day, adrenaline down, relax, But when he come in the game, what do he has to do, he has to match our intensity. Mm-hmm. So they have to be psycho in a matter of seconds to get out there and do their job. So. Jose Mesa been sitting over there the whole game, <laughs> and stewing, and saying, "When I face this guy, I'm gonna do this." So they're going over these things in their head. So when they get in the game, they have to match your intensity.
2: Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> and last, brawls. Do we keep them? Mm-hmm. We let them happen, or should that something be eliminated? And this, and, 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 and this is the, the unwritten part. Not, not, not. We're gonna, yeah. you know, fake. Hey. You know, you know the yeah. protocol. Something yeah. should stay a part of the game or try to be eliminated.
1: Well, I think it's a part of the game because, see, the thing is is that when pitchers, they have to pitch inside to keep the guy from leaking out over the plate. And if they can't do that, and sometimes you're going to get hit. Some guys try to do it. Some guys don't. But let men handle what they got to handle. And so we police ourselves and we go out here and take care of business. But if, if you're going to suspend – Everybody, any and everybody from four, you know, just because you had a brawl is idiotic to me. You know what are you supposed to do? You know you're supposed to just let a guy hit you with a 99 mile an hour fastball and not do anything about it. Well, to keep the pitcher from getting kicked out of the game because that might be a pitcher I want to see the next, the <laughs> second and third time around. I don't want him to get kicked out of the game. So you know, there's a lot of moving elements to it. So it's like he should get kicked out of a game because he. He he had something against that guy. He wanted to drill him. Okay, so if you're man enough to hit me, be man enough to deal with what's coming. And so I think that's what makes the game exciting. That makes it uh, less analytic and less, you know, less appealing. Um, If I don't see brawl, nobody want to go to to a hockey game and not see a brawl. So why would I want to go to a baseball game and not see guys get brushed back and not see guys react to it? So it's the same thing.
2: That's why I love talking to Uncle Chef, as I love to call him, uh, Gary Sheffield, because he's full of knowledge. It goes beyond the plate. It goes beyond what he did in the field. This is a man that has lived. He he has an uncle that has, you know, been in the big leagues. They have stories for days, so Chef... Thank you for being our guest. I appreciate yeah. you, brother. I love you. Love you and, too, uh, brother. I'm getting brother. that money back, man. I'm <laughs> getting that money back. I'm getting that money hey, back. Well, man.
1: we're raising the bid because we're beyond $60 now. So All right. Hey, I'm with <laughs> it. <laughs> I look forward to it, man. Thanks for being there, brother. All right, bro.
2: So it's funny. So I got the background. He took Curtis Granderson with him. Because Curtis was a young player and was like, Curtis, where, you know, like, what are the spots?
3: Oh. It's funny. I just, I just found this out wow. the other
2: day. Uh, last Tuesday, he was like, he was trying to like, where are the spots? Because he didn't know where to go, but he knew Curtis knew where to go. Oh. So he, he dragged Curtis around. And he said he went about four, four or five spots. And Curtis was like, man, I don't even want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, <Thanks. laughs> you know, Curtis a rookie. I he didn't have a choice. If you're a rookie in Sheffield, say, hey, come with me. You don't have a choice. Plus Curtis don't Curtis a, a
3: lover, he's not a fighter. Yes. You know? yes. No. <laughs> Our final verdict. Brawls, good, bad, indifferent. Um what do you think? Brawls are great. They're <laughs> they're fantastic. And you know what? They're fun to watch. <laughs> you know, that's funny you say that because I, I get this all the time and they'll say uh, well, how do we make the game more interesting? Well, I'll tell you right now, there is not a baseball fan in the world or a hockey fan in the world who doesn't like a brawl every once in a while. No one wants them all the time because then they, then they wouldn't be interesting. Um, but it always belongs in the game because if you have a brawl, it means both teams are really serious and they're playing hard. And isn't that what we're asking the teams anyways, right? That is. And so, look, it's
2: going to happen. It's hot. I'm trying to beat you. You're trying to beat me. I, I don't like you. And if you do something that I deem is uh, part of the uh, step, stepping outside the lines, breaking that
3: cardinal rule, we're going to come see you. So most of you folks out there um, listening to us on Unwritten, know this. Most ball players cannot fight. But we still need to have some brawls in. <laughs> so thanks for listening to Unwritten with Jimmy Rollins and me, Ron Darling. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian NK of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on Baseball's Unwritten Rules.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?